0: You've already heard it all, but now you resonate. The world has pushed you out of what you thought you knew, your comfort zone, and into this strange place, this slightly off reality. Welcome to the Truth Serum podcast, hosted by the controversial and funny Don Bates, author mother, human, and all-round thought leader. The time has come to realign your essence with your experience. We all know this world is changing. You're here now because you've personally felt it, and your reality has reflected. The Truth Serum Podcast. Getting to the root of what really is. And now, on base.
1: Hi, welcome to, I don't know what episode this is, I've lost count, mainly because I've been really quite sick over the last few days with food poisoning. How a vegan gets food poisoning is beyond me, but I did, had a date with the porcelain. But that's not what we're here to talk about, um, I'm here with a very special lady, um, we met about a year ago and we've become really good friends ever since. We've worked together. Uh, we've built, we've built business. We have like tag teamed and co-authored a book together, Lani's book, Standing <laughs> in Strength. Uh, and uh, we've giggled lots. We've sent loads of food porn pictures and recipes. And I just really have so much love for this young lady. Um, and, um, her name is Lani Mulvey. She is the founder of the Strong Mighty uh, company, uh, Strong Mind, Able Body. And she is also known as Our Lady. Um, she loves coffee and has her own show. And, um, yeah, it's just onwards and upwards. There's a uh, women's strength initiative that's coming out. But all of this is going to come out in the show and a lot more. But today um, I wanted to invite Lani on so that we can discuss uh, Women being strong for other women, feminism gone wrong, um, and whatever else comes up. There will be food, obviously, at some point. Body confidence, (laughs) there will be stuff. So really, really thank you so much for coming on today, Lani, and um, really showing up for yourself but also for other women. And, uh, yeah,
2: welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, I always like to jump on – whenever you're like, Larnie, can you have fun? I'm like, sure. Why not? Like, you know, I got, we got stuff to talk about anyway, but yeah, thank you for having me. I don't think there's any subject you and I will not be able to
3: think
4: about.
2: (laughs) I'm just like, sure. Cool. Let's go. Let's do this. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. So thank you. I'm glad that you're feeling better to, Mm. um, you know, talk about whatever we're going to talk about
4: <laughs> well I think food is
1: probably uh, really uh, food and health are, you know some really top topics at the moment especially like you know like there's so much crap in our food uh, and uh I mean even this morning over breakfast they were asking me if I wanted some they call it milo couscous which is corn like made into couscous and she gave it to me in a plastic bag and that was the first thing that put me off i was
4: like yeah i don't need anything that comes in a plastic bag
1: <laughs> what is that stuff um and i turned and she goes i assume gluten because obviously i don't need gluten right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and when i do things don't go very things well go bad <laughs> yep <laughs> things yep. go bad <laughs> um but even on the packaging i read uh genetical modification Oh, uh, yes. It's been genetically modified. Leave yeah. food alone. It doesn't need faffing with. It really doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is, they grow corn here in abundance. Mm. All they need mm. to do is get the corn, dry it, and blitz it in a blender. You've got milo
2: <laughs> You know, I actually, um, I'm not a big fan of seeing that on my food either. I get a little like turned off. And like, I'm not as strict as you when it comes to like things in plastic. I mean, you know, like, oh, you know what, if ice cream is in a plastic tub, I'm going to eat it because it's ice cream. But I know you, you, you are very, very I disciplined ice with that. Cream. I, I know. Miss- I miss Hagen
1: dazs When are you going to make vegan Hagen dazs please? Hagen dazs company. You know, like I,
2: I, like I really um, commend you for being so disciplined with that as I'm here. You know, I'm here in the States, so we are a country yeah. of abundance, of overabundance. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, can, we can go to the store whenever we want and pick up whatever we want. The the one thing about for me, especially with my family, since diabetes runs in our family, I really look at, um, my sisters, Oh, sugar-free, sugar-free, but you look at the label and like, okay, so if it's sugar-free, why is it sweet? You know? And, um, I'm not like, if I'm going to have some sugar, it's going to be like the, the raw sugar, like brown sugar. I don't do the white sugar makes my mouth all cotton mouthy yeah. and stuff. So I don't, the only time I do that is, you know, when I, if I bake something, but, um, but other than that, I, my protein bars,
1: I See, like, I'm like, um,
2: yeah, I can, I can look at my protein bars and like, um, if I eat something, I could taste that artificial sweetener. And, um, you know, like if my protein bar is going to have chocolate in it, it better have freaking chocolate. And not like some weird like modified chocolate, Um, but it sucks to have that kind of disease. You know, have diabetes as part of like our disease because, um, yes, we do love the sweet foods. We and they modify it so we can have
4: the sweet cravings,
2: and you know we just have to. As for me and my sister, we we were really we have to pick and choose like our fruits and what we're eating and everything because. Sugars and everything—it's okay. in some sort of form or whatever—and I try to make sure, especially like I watch out for my sister. I'm like, you better stop fucking eating that, you know? Like, and it, it's hard because science, technology—I mean, as much as it's a blessing, it's like a, a curse as well because that's like genetically modified things, you know? Like, like corn seeds are not really corn seeds anymore, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I live in an area where there's a lot of corn fields, but they're not edible corn, they're corn for fuel, they're corn for whatever. And I just think that as time goes on, we have like
4: okay, don't you thought ones. I'm going to interrupt you there because you just said it's corn for fuel, right? What's just triggered
1: in my head because you know, like my head goes off on tangents and go <laughs>
4: down rabbit holes
1: if we've got all these gas and oil pipelines being dug up and in the States in America now being shut down by the, you know, the idiots that run the countries um, <laughs> said with such passion and respect, obviously <laughs> for
4: said people. Um, I mean, what the hell? I mean, seriously. Um, but the
1: thing that's got Got me, and this is something that I've been incredibly um,
4: aware of for the last
1: like, 10, 20 years. Um, I grew up in the UK by the, on the North Sea. Um, and so I remember the Piper Alpha disaster. I remember seeing the oil on the beach and animals being covered in oil as I was growing up. This is, I think, where my environmental vigilante. Uh, well, I'm not quite a vigilante. I can be if I want to be, but to try, I choose not to. The pen is mightier than the sword, as they say, but I do know how to use a sword and a knife. So, you know, learned <laughs> <laughs> a few things at catering college. But if we've got the, these crops that are taking up so much space just to grow fuel, but they're still building pipelines. Um, and they're wanting to drill into the. And, I mean, they're dr- already drilling in Antarctica, uh, which obviously is all hush hush. For the, um, but why do we need to grow corn for f- fuel? What is this fuel being used for? You know, I know they want to yeah. put men on the moon I, I, again, uh, you know, and I know they want to do space travel. The, the, we, we haven't even figured out our own bloody planet yet.
2: You know, we just kill, but- we just kill our planet. We really. <laughs> We're the stupidest species on the, on yeah. the planet. I, I read a statistic that every 42 seconds, a football field of land, of like trees and stuff, gets bulldozed in the
4: U.S.
1: Oh Okay, and, so have you seen the Seaspiracy?
4: No. A which
2: is forest.
4: No, I don't.
2: I, and I, I've heard of it, and I don't think I could get through it because I'd be so pissed off but I know
1: it's you know I was so relieved I was watching it and I was so relieved that it's actually gone mainstream because again a lot of what I've learned um obviously being Miss Mermaid and everything ocean um and what I've seen as I'm sailing around the world and like you know we'll be like three weeks away from land and there are like petrol uh you know, like that you go to the gas station, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and all oh, my English friends are going to be going. She just said gas station, not petrol station. Um, oh, I'm getting it already. Uh, you know, like the the oil uh, things that you get, like that are full of Castrol GTX, and I don't
2: know, do you get
1: Castrol GTX in the states? Like it's oil for your engine.
2: Okay, 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 okay. It's like
4: lube. All right. Like performance all right. lube. Got it. Got it. We <laughs> need to. have We need to. Mm-hmm. You'll see this a lot from Lani. <laughs> but um, when you see one of those floating, when you're three weeks away from land, just
1: bobbing along, and you're you're there trying to get the net, because you, you, like, seriously, some of the boats I've been on, we've 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 had more crap that we pulled out the ocean on board when we got to the other end. And then we're like, once we've got there, what do we do with it? But going off on another slight tangent and back to where we started, all of this fuel, we don't if we like just strip everything back and start eating naturally and people go, oh but we're you know, like we there's not enough space. There is so much space. You know what, get rid of your second car and put a garden back in your garden. Right. And actually grow your own veggies, which I know that you do. You love your gardening. And I get that lots of people who don't have the space. But you know what? If you have space for a whopping great big TV and a whopping great big home gym and all of that, I mean, I know everybody's free to choose, but when people say I don't have the space, no, you do, you make space for what's important. Okay. And this is the thing, we're ripping up the oil. we're ripping up the kelp forest which is killing the marine life, which is killing you know, the fishes, which is killing the ecosystems and killing the corals and and all of that jazz. And I could go on about that for a long, long time, Um, you know. But
4: when we ripped up the marijuana hemp field, uh, like hemp oil and hemp, they're just, it's just such an uber plant.
1: When there was a test done, I don't know how many years ago. I mean, it was before I moved out to Egypt. Um, And it was before they phased out leaded petrol. So that's how far back we're going here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Um, They did the white glove test, okay, and they ran a car, brand new cars. I think it was a Top Gear thing with, uh, um,
4: what's his face? Tall dude with curly hair. oh totally gone jeremy clarkson oh
1: i
3: don't
1: know who that is oh oh you so need to know who jeremy clarkson is hilarious (laughs) don't agree with everything but the way in which oh i do i love him i i've read all his books and i remember walking down the street in oxford i mean he lives not far from there and i remember reading some of the books in his Uh, and just going yep yep laughing and I nearly walked into a lamppost once
4: because I was (laughs) laughing my head off but
1: they did this white glove test where they ran these brand new cars around their racetrack um, and then they put the glove inside the exhaust and they tested all the emissions okay and then they looked at you know they looked at um, obviously the lead the unleaded unleaded premium they looked at diesel red diesel they looked at running cars on chip fat and recycled restaurant fat. Um, they ran it on uh, like pure clean. Um, mm-hmm. And then they ran it on hemp oil. No emissions to hemp oil. No, like the white glove came out white again. Um, you didn't really want to see the others. Um, and what really amazes me is hemp is one of the strongest fabrics. You can build houses and boats and You can make clothing and all of this. It's like such a power plant, power plant, literally. (laughs) I wonder where they got the name for (laughs) for those toxic (laughs) things that they call. Uh, But when we're stripping away and we're modifying all these crops and we're growing them for action, are we actually growing these crops for space travel or are we actually growing it? Why are we growing it? And all these gas guzzlers and, you know, like, I just don't understand why we need all this fuel. If we got rid of all the stuff that made us unhealthy, all this processed food, all of this packaging, all of the the things we don't need, all the plastic crap toys that they put in like 10 P shops or 10 cent shops, if that's even a thing anymore. Um, I'm so old now. I remember half penny sweets. (laughs)
4: did you have the equivalent of those in america uh, half, like half pea sweets no i don't like cola bottles like the candy oh yeah sweets candies
1: like oh yeah there'll be a lot of translation going on here and like what do you mean <laughs> what, what thing is that <laughs> like they're little jelly
4: sweets
2: yeah um, and they look like a cola bottle yeah. yes we had those we have yeah them. when you're as old as me well nearly i was gonna say like, we're about the same we're about the
1: same age but they used to be half pea sweets you Used to get loads for 10 pence. you just get 20. know, yeah. like the little white chocolate mice see yeah. i used to eat a lot of crap that's why i don't eat it now
2: yeah same same same. Mm. i i think i uh, i don't know like i wish i had more insight on the whole fuel thing but i when i go through the cornfields when i drive through iowa or something And I see all the oil, the the corn fields, they're like, this is, look at our corn is growing and we use this kind of seed, you know? Um, And it's very interesting. Like when I think of my garden, you have, when you look at the seeds, when you go to the store to like find a seed to like plant your garden, they have these things called heirloom. It's like an heirloom seed, which is something that's been.
1: Ancient grains, we call them in Europe. For, yeah,
2: for for forever, you know? um But some of those don't grow well in my garden. You know, it's like the same. It's dirt. You put the seed in the dirt. You water it. Take care of it. And sometimes it doesn't take. And I mean, like I. Uh, that's why I did like I don't know if you saw my post. I, I did the oil sample testing to see where my. Oh yeah, because you were
1: doing the um, you are doing those uh, soil tests. Yeah, you? because what
2: came, I. What because my crop last year wasn't as fruitful as. The years before and eventually when you over farm and you over whatever your soil you know it does lose its nutrients and I don't compost and I wish I I would compost but then all like the crazy bunnies would freaking like get in my garden and have a field day you know so um it's it's really you can compost with newspaper and cotton I could but then the bunnies would use the cotton and the newspaper as Oh hey look, somebody material. somebody somebody built me a freaking mansion. I'm gonna lay my twenty babies here. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I, I really you know that's how it is here. That the soil is overdeveloped; that it just loses its nutrients, and
4: they're you know not putting more soil.
2: They're not putting more soil, like fresh soil from a more nutrient-rich area. You know, they're just putting houses on there. You know, like I, in my mind, like I, I wake up late at night thinking about how, um, you know, how okay, they're gonna they're gonna develop develop a new subdivision right next to me, and I'm like, well, what are the cows gonna eat? You know, like I like think about those kinds of because I live I live in a farmed area where it was all farmed before, and you know, like it's like those weird thoughts that I get at two 30 in the morning, what are the cows going to eat? Why isn't it raining? Like I, I like look at the ponds that are around me and I'm just like, I pray to God that it rains. Like I, that's how I've been like late. I'm like, you know, you know, my husband's like, well, why are you thinking, I'm like, look at the ponds they are so low. Like they used to be really high. Okay. And with all this development here, they are changing the grading of the soil of the land Where's this water going? It's not going in our ponds, you know? And so like, those are the things I think about. And, I, and as much as I love the environment, and I recycle and I want to make sure um, that things are going the right direction when it comes to like how I recycle. There's people who don't give a crap. Hmm. You know, that's that, that that that
1: interesting because we were t- discussing uh, on a couple of other issues. Uh, I remember discussing with Robert and with Adam and then with Julian um about how there are some people they haven't got they haven't got the capacity because they're living in such fear or their their capacity to think has been numbed by the the lack of nutrients they're putting in their bodies. Um, you know, they're living in fear of like just getting through the day or just getting through the week or just making it to the end of the month. They're working so hard, you know, and, and it what's really fascinating for me is that You know, when we look at the evolution of what's happening like with our education systems um, and how people have, you know, when when we look at the very beginning, like education, like schools were uh, created in the factory lines um, and the way in which it was rote learning and all of the things that we're doing, we've been allowing our children to be taught in school and the methodology is for them to obey orders and just to remember stuff that we have taught them. Not for them to explore by themselves, and if they come up with a different answer to the teacher, then it's marked incorrectly. Um, and this is one of the reasons why we're seeing a breakdown in education systems, I believe, because we're having people come from different parts of the world. We're having people come from different um, belief systems that know about these things and go, well, actually, you're wrong. And so there's a lot of conflict going on. And then there's the teacher management, so it's a teacher, and all of that jazz. But what we've got is we've got a system that has is broken an education system that is broken so people aren't being educated to a level where they can question the government they're not being educated to a level where they can actually have the confidence to actually go you know what i can learn this by myself i can go and get a book i can go and learn this and study this by myself i don't need academia Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they're also then being told well you know what you really do need a professional to teach you how to learn. You do really do need a professional to help you understand that. No, we have the capacity of human beings to actually learn
4: all of this stuff
1: right but we're but being told that we don't and then when we're uh, we want to go and do stuff, we're then pushed back and when we're looking at how these people they don't have the time to grow their own vegetables, they don't have the time to learn about all of this stuff they're putting into their body, they don't have the time to learn about how to create a new life for themselves. They don't and have they the sure time to They do know think. how to
2: take a selfie. They sure oh, know, they do. They sure and they do know, know how to twerk it on
1: TikTok. Yes. And
2: that's what, oh, my gosh. I could go on that. I could talk about this Go part. there. Go there. It's Get like, the you know, this whole, this whole, like, when I think of education, for me, how I grew up. You know, I was an immigrant. I I didn't know what American lifestyle was like. But that's what fucked me up. Okay. You know, that's what made me hide myself because my family wasn't the Americanized family. You know, we I didn't see myself as someone on TV. I didn't grow up like being able to talk to my parents. You know, they worked hard. You know, we are on our own. We We grew our independence like on our own because we had to. We like didn't have that kind of access. And I think right now, there's too much access to stupid bullshit. Absolutely, just stupid things like you were talking about this TikTok. So I was like, Laura, you should go on TikTok. I'm like, why? Uh, no. no, I'm not going on TikTok because I mean, sometimes I catch myself 20 minutes scrolling onto my freaking Facebook, you know, and I'm just like, ugh, okay, I gotta stop doing that. But I mean, I I think I've just I have just had to build myself to be more disciplined to see what I'm seeing. You know, we're talking about food, what we're putting in our body. Um, like tonight, it's going to be pizza night here at our hostel because I'm too tired to cook.
4: Oh, you know? I really want pizza.
1: <laughs> see, I do it's gluten-free, don' It ain't gluten-free. We eat gluten here. Oh, you know, but, like I'm just, I am, so, this is, and I know this sounds crazy, but part of me is like I cannot wait to get to the States to eat a gluten-free organic pizza with vegan cheese, mushrooms, olives, and chilies. Mm-hmm. Oh, and pineapple, Ooh, right? Oh, mm. but the thing is, like you were saying, I am disciplined. Do I see cakes and go, oh, I just want to stick my face in that? Fucking <laughs> Absolutely. Like no, if I see good. a bar of chocolate, I'm like, oh, it's just, I just so want some chocolate, but that's not chocolate. Dawn. And but again, it's like you say, it's like discipline. Yeah. And there's nothing, wrong with, there's so well, nothing there, wrong with pizza. And
2: it's like to, to <laughs> go back to the whole education thing. Like I asked somebody, I said, did you, did you know about Asian Americans when you were in high school? Because I know when I was growing, I don't remember any history lesson about Asian Americans. I really don't. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember. And that whole um, thing about, like like, for me, when it comes to inclusion, like, I'm representing my culture. I'm physically representing my culture, but I I don't know much about it because it was so erased for me along, you know, growing up in America because I didn't see many Asian people on TV unless they were a sidekick on like a show. You know, like I or didn't for a, a terrorist or a nanny. You know, I'm like, you know, like those those were the strong visuals that I saw as someone that. Oh, you're an Asian me. woman.
1: You were the. You had the sugar daddy, and you were, yeah. you know, you were a little ditty nurse yes. that was nice and quiet, and you were in your high heels exactly. and red lipstick and straight hair. And-
2: exactly, and it's like I Corporate didn't America. see. I didn't see
4: that. Like I didn't
2: see. <laughs> I didn't see myself in somebody that I wanted to be. No you know what i'm saying so eventually you know i built her this is who i have always wanted to see out there and now i'm here standing with my two feet even though i'm sitting on my chair but um it, it's <laughs> like <laughs> but it's just like you know that whole education system like i it's very one sided mm-hmm. and unfortunately there's a lot of people excluded from Mm. our history it's and this is the thing the people say that cancel culture is a new thing no it's not it's been around for decades it just has really a cool it just has a hashtag oh. now Yeah. oh yeah just has a hashtag it just has a hashtag now it's called let's not just put let's not teach it let's yeah. not put it in the books let's hashtag let's skip, it. just, let's skip chapter it. three in this because we're going to go to chapter four it, yeah. it's
1: really mean it's okay, quick question for you then. You just said they're Asian American. And last night, I mean, I was up until midnight doing the next module for my PhD. And it's, uh, it's called uh, Interculturally Understanding, or I can't remember what it's called, but I was just like, oh my God, social anthropology, culture. Um, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm loving it. I'm like, oh my God, how many hours have I spent reading this and then going off on this link and just, I loved it one of the things that I wrote down because you know I'm doing the authority mastermind which you know mm-hmm. there's leadership and the, but there's a whole culture module in there and then the one that follows is all about social justice and I know that you and I are going to come on to social justice shortly but um the culture one of the culture things is that what I wanted to explore is the what is I mean obviously what is culture and how do we understand that but one of the things that my boys had growing up and that I know that my ex-husband had, because he was Egyptian-Palestinian, um, that his mother was Egyptian, his dad was Palestinian, but he grew up a lot in the U.K. But because he was a brown face, he was a Pakistani, which he wasn't. He was an Arab, and anyone with any knowledge between Arabs and Pakistanis would have known that. But, you know, he was brown, so obviously he is Pakistani. That's the U.K. mindset. Um, One of the things that there was being referred to in one of the books that um, I was reading last night uh, as part of the the module that we're doing um, was um, African-American, European-American. And I was like, well, how does that even work? Because that doesn't work in my head because Africa is from the tip of Egypt down to South Africa. Africans can be the... Dutch white Africans in South Africa, they can be as black as my friend Costa from Angola, or they can be, you know, slightly lighter shade from, uh, you know, from Botswana where my friend Neto is from. And then you've got my friends that are from uh, Nigeria, you know, and then you've got the, the uh, people from Aswan and down in Nubia um, in Egypt that are really dark Egyptians, but they're Arabs, but they're, uh, they're also Africans, oh, Okay. Man. That's just Africa. We've not even got started on Europe, you know. (laughs) Are we talking about, you know, and I remember there's a a line in a film, I think it's True Romance, where uh, Al Pacino, I think it's Al Pacino, turns around and says to Christian Slater, do you realize why um, the the southern Italians um, are so black? Because the Arabs fucked your grandmother or something Mm -hmm. along those lines. So Mm -hmm. you've got the really, really dark Italians. Um, And you've got like the dark Greeks. You've got all different shades of everything going on. But are we saying that somebody whose grandmother lives in the UK um, that married someone who was from, say, France, that was, you know, let's just say the Algerian French that lived in France. And now they've actually, uh, so they're European, um, but they've now gone to America. So a European-America in today's age, like first generation European-American, oh, but you're not european america because you're not white you know how far back are we going to go with this um and then the european settlers okay let's just have another look at that because the european settlers um you know they were scottish and english and irish right i'm loving that the celtic vibe um and you know but then you and it's like but the african-american war it's not just because they're black like well what like and then you've got the Asian American, but why, and I get it, for it's for the classification and I get it, you know, because we need to identify all of these aspects of, you know, we, we, we've got to be inclusive. But do you believe that adding these labels, because one thing that Jake, as you know, is working with me as well on mm-hmm. his book, oh, I'm so excited to get that. I've nearly finished reading his manuscript. Oh, my God, Jake Cosby.
2: I so. can't wait to get it.
1: Oh, the recipe. I mean, U.S. Marines Mindset to Success.
2: That's kind of cool.
1: By the time this comes out, it will just be on release, I think. But if you listen to this after Jake's book has been released, the recipe. (laughs) Um, Oh, But he was saying he's just American. Yeah, Um, I mean, he's got like, he's got a ton of diversity. I mean, when you read his mix, it's like, oh, my God, that's just like a really awesome mix. But then what are we thinking about the Native Americans? You know, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's like, and then you've got the Latin Americans and the South Americans and the Central Americans. And then you've got the North Americans. Well, North Americans, I mean, don't even go cross over the border and call a Canadian an American because that's just not happening. <laughs> but Canada is in North America, is it not? Yeah, you look, it is. Yes,
4: it is. Yeah.
1: So they are a North American. But the Canadians won't have that. Like, no, <laughs> I'm Canadian. Right. Totally right. <laughs> but again, is all of these subdivisions? Are they? Do you do you think that they might actually be putting people into? Well, you're that, and that's your identity, and that's who you are, and that's all you're. Because I mean, I just made that joke about corporate America. A lot of Asian women in America, they are cookie cutters of one another. Mm-hmm. They are the bright red lipstick, the long straight hair, the corporate suit, um, and it's almost like, oh my God, do any of you have a personality? can we see it <laughs> and there's you who's asian-american with a power bun your vest top or your singlet you know you're a power lifter which obviously we're also going to get into you, you you break all the molds and that is so vital that is so needed for other women that are from asia but again look at asia for me, from the UK, when we say an Asian, we're thinking South Asia, like the Indians, Pakistanis, and the Bengalis. Yeah, maybe a little bit, of, you know, and then we're going to go to East Asia, which has got your Cambodia, being mm-hmm. Vietnam, and then China, Japan. They're being really classed Japanese as Asians, and then we just call them Japanese. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Thai, people from
4: Thailand and Indonesia. And so where we are in the world and where we come from, But, you know, the Chinese were in America, in
1: America, long, long, like they're in China, like they're in America, like in the 1400s. Not many people know that.
2: I really think. There you go, blur. (laughs) No, I really think that for me, I identify as Asian. I do. Um, But when you see a checkbox, on my test or something like that i honestly didn't want to hit a checkbox because i was neither, you know this or that you know like they could like back in the day you should do a new one
4: (laughs) back in the day
2: in the 80s when i was taking these exams asian was considered like mainly like indian right uh, middle eastern indian and i just feel like other yeah, yeah the other. worth it. Yeah. yeah. So, um What does that do to your psychology? Yeah, I mean, I really it comes down to me. I believe it comes down to education of how you grew up. I consider myself Asian American because yes, I'm an immigrant. Yes. I grew up in America and I identify as American because I have a passport and I'm legally bound to be I'm legally here. And um it comes to like what am i i feel like it comes to an to an individual what do you want to you know what do you want to identify as
4: as a race as an ethnicity
2: you know i used to say so is ethnicity and race the same thing i used to like think about that too because so ethnicity is it is it what i look like and what you Mm. you what Somebody else outside of me is seen. Oh,
4: she's Asian. Boom, click. But my race am I Filipino? It's like country versus label. I guess ah, for me, your
2: nationality. Yes, you know it's like okay, well, and it don't. I mean, that's where all this identity shit that I went through when I was younger. Growing up, which you in cover in
1: your chapter in your book, yeah. because mm-hmm. it
2: it fucked me up. It really did, because it's like, OK, why can't I be like the white people on TV? Why can't I have that family? They look like they're having them a blast. Everything's peachy keen. And I think that growing up, that's what in my mind is, like. well, if they can have it on TV, you know, why can't I have it? That reality, that skew of reality for what your what entertainment is versus how you're living, I think that's what fucked me up.
4: Mm-hmm. Because what I
2: saw on TV is I thought it was reality, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. And you know, going through high school here in the states, that's eleven, um, like twelve years old to so like sixteen, seventeen, whatever. You know, I. I went. If I could show you all the different phases I went through in high school, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, no wonder you were like, kind of like torn on who you are," because I, identity is not really talked about. It's all assumed. It's very. Um, oh well, you're a Filipino. Oh, you should be a doctor or a nurse, right? No, I'm not. You know, I'm neither one of those. Oh, you should, you should yeah, you should guess. play, you should play tennis, right? I'm like, yeah, I play tennis, but I don't play, it. I don't like it.
4: Hmm.
2: You know, it's like, the, it's built on this stereotype and it's this built on assumption. And I feel like when you, when people visually just see me, that's all they see. And they, they identify me and I fall into that category, you mm-hmm. know? But yes, I, I, I identify myself as an Asian American because that's what I want to be identifying as. Mm. I'm i I'm Asian Filipino American. Like if you want to get really, really specific, I am Asian Filipino American. But mm. I I'm proud of them.
4: I am know, and
2: I am proud of where I came from. I mm. own where I came from. I own how I grew up. And
4: that label, it, it's, it's just, a, for me, it's just, an, like, it's for, mm. it's for paper. It's for paper.
2: It's for, it's for counting purposes, you know. And,
1: and a- yeah, it is. And, and it's really quite interesting because I remember when I used to fill in forms um, and for the boys. Um, and Arab wasn't even listed like arabs are one of the largest you know ethnicities on the planet and they didn't even have a box on the paperwork in england they were just mm-hmm. completely ignored like you, we don't even see you you're not here you're invisible we don't even want to know you exist so i used to draw a box mm-hmm. and i used to write arab next to it and i used to tick it and then i'd go p.s Arabs are one of the largest ethnic groups here in the world and it's about time you bloody well recognize them on every single piece of paper I, I was on a mission I was like oh my boys will be identified they will be recognized dun, dun, dun! Yeah, yeah. like she with her sword <laughs> um and um and you know I remember um, when I was working on this, uh, this project in the north of England, we were wor- working on regional regeneration, and I was working with the BME, the Black Minority and Ethnic Forum. Um, you know, I was the token white woman, uh, because I, but I was only the token white woman because I was married to an Arab. I used to pull them up on that, I tell you. But the thing is, because I knew the, the Islamic faith uh, and because I knew Arabic, and because I was willing to learn, uh, do, and uh, I was willing, and I identified as the, f- not, I identified as food. <laughs> I'm
2: food. <laughs> you are food.
1: <laughs> I am food. I'm so tasty. Um, but um, um, the um, oh, lost my train of thought. Now, hang on. on, a second. Um, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> but, um, and then the thing was, it was like I working with these people, and like just just seeing that you know you, there was no Afghani on the on the list, and I know that we you know that they're census forms. they just want you know the closest thing that we, you've got to uh you know that you can put on the form. But it was just like, and I get it, for me, there's only one race, that's human race. Um, And then we have like ethnicity, then we have the nationality. And then when we're breaking it down even further, we can look at the faith. Because one of the other things that used to really annoy me is I've got a lot of friends who are Arabs that are also Christian. Um, I've got Arab friends that are Jewish. I've got Arab friends that are Muslim. I've got Arab friends that are atheists. But where where we lived in the north of England, there was um, like people couldn't get their head around the fact that you would have like a a German Muslim or you would have um, a Pakistani Christian or that you would have, uh, and it's almost like the more we uh, drill down into what our culture is, you know, you you know, we can look at, okay, what is our gender culture? Uh, What is our um, generational culture? What is our social demographic culture? What is our, uh, you know our nationality and how does that break down because you can't say that the people in the north of England are the same as the people in the south of England are the same as the people in the east of England um, and I, one of the things I've noticed as I've traveled around the world is there is definitely a north-south divide not just in every country uh, but there is all, and it's always the south that other than the hemisphere, because then I take it the next time I'll go, okay, let's look at the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. Let's look at the countries that are in the southern hemisphere and their, um, economic, um, their economic powers. And then look at, okay, the economic powers tend to be in the northern hemisphere. But when you look at individual countries, you tend to see that north and the south, the north tend to be the poorer ones, and the uh, south of those countries tend to be more affluent okay and then I started to like map this out and I'm just like hang on a second I think (laughs) I've hit on some and then I come here to Brazil and that completely flips that idea on its head okay well the south of Brazil is um, you know a lot more affluent than the north Uh, and then I know that's actually the same concept and you know it's just Because for me, as I'm sailing around the world, I'm not just on holiday. I'm not just having a great time. I'm not just faffing around on boats. Um, I'm actually studying the cultures and the diversity and the languages. And I know that there was a language that um, – sorry, I can't – Tilok? Is it Tilok that you – My language? uh, Tagalog? Tagalog. Tagalog.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how – I mean I never even heard of that language.
4: Well, let me
2: tell you. The
4: Philippines
2: is a is one big island surrounded by teeny tiny mm. islands, archipelagos, yeah. And it's been con- uh people have tried to conquer the Philippines for forever. Forever? Even till yeah. to this day? Um and so there tagalog is the main language but there are the dialects from all these 350 little islands that um you know i yeah some of them i was like what um so my parents okay my mom is a different dialect than my dad but they both spoke the main language uh-huh. and um it's funny because I only knew the main language when I, you know, like I only spoke that because I lived in the, on Manila, you know, I was born in Manila, but my parents, you know, I don't know. They, my mom came from those outside provinces and a very poor, very poor province, which I still think they don't have electricity out there, which I still think they live on dirt. They have dirt floors. Um, And it it just, it's very surprising to have, all these different countries trying to conquer this teeny tiny country. But what is the result of it? We have different religions everywhere. We have different dialects. We have di- you know, we're talking about skin colors. You know, I'm, I may be one of the lighter Filipinos, yeah. you know, but there are really the darker Filipinos that some of them do look black, you know? So I think we, we continue to judge everything from the outside. Instead of like actually
4: just asking. Like, hey, let me just ask. Oh, I'm Filipino. Oh, I thought you were like somebody thought I was Puerto Rican for four years in high school.
2: We okay, so my last name, my maiden name is Yugori, Y-O-G-O-R-E. The guy I sat next to, known him since like we were little. And he
4: goes, What? You're Filipino? I thought you were Puerto Rican all these years. I was like, dude, we've sat, why don't you just ask? Mm-hmm. you know but we're people
2: not are talking sh- people we're not are talking embarrassed it. no and, and I think it. this is the thing
1: it's like I would I would much rather Some, I mean I've got I mean I as people will have seen over the last year and a bit my hair has changed color I'm going back to my natural color um and um I, and I'm absolutely loving it. And they're like, oh, my God, you've got, like, a real auburn tint to your hair. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Celtic redhead. I've mm-hmm. got the Scottish fire. I bring the fire, you know. Um, and, but, again, it's like when we are looking at all of this, when people, they, they see certain things about you um, and they won't ask. And I, it reminds me of a very different situation. But I remember once when I was travelling in London and I worked in
4: Liverpool Street. I was traveling on the tube and I had a cold sore, right? And this little girl, she came she goes, why have you got cornflakes
1: on your lips? Are you <laughs> saving that for later? And I was like, Do you know, my dad used to say that to me about saving food for later if I got it on my lips. Said, but it's a cold sore. And her mum was so embarrassed. She goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, how is she going to
2: know if she doesn't ask? If she doesn't ask.
1: If we don't ask, if we don't allow our children to ask the questions in their innocence and we don't encourage the asking of questions, we're never going to find out. But then again, it goes back to the education Mm -hmm. that it has been drummed in us by the system not to ask questions. Because the more we ask questions, the smarter we become, the smarter the questions we ask, the more they can't get away with stuff. So the more that they can control us. Right. And what I really want people to understand, and, and you've heard me say it more than once, is that people have to remember that the government are civil servants. They are here, to, they are in place, they are paid by us, they are there to serve the civilians. And if we didn't do a good job, we would get fired. Well, I mean, I wouldn't fire myself. I'd just do a bloody good job and my clients wouldn't come to me. They wouldn't refer people, so I would be out of a job. So, you know, maybe I would actually put myself out of a job. But at the end of the day, if they because the governments around the world are not doing a good job, you know, and, you know, the education system is broken and we could blame the teachers and we shouldn't blame the teachers. But, no, we absolutely should blame the teachers We should blame absolutely every single person in the process that is allowing this bullshit to happen and this injustice and this corruption and this brainwashing. I mean, I've been a teacher, you know, I've been a school governor. I became a school governor because I wanted to know what was going on in the schooling system and the education system. And I remember sitting at some of those school governor meetings and I'm like, and through my head, I'm like, don't you can't say it that way. That you, like, and you know the, the stuff that's wanting to come out of my mouth mm-hmm, and I'm like just mm-hmm. don't say it that way Dawn mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, and I'm really mm-hmm. really trying hard to think about how to say and I'm like you know what I can't be doing with this bullshit mm-hmm, and it just came mm-hmm. out of my mouth um, and I was like yeah too late now Dawn hold up um, but what we're seeing drilled down and the things that teachers are being um, made to say or how they're being made to mark or how they're being made to teach or how they're being so overwhelmed with all this paperwork and all of this this bullshit they're not even allowed to teach the subject they're passionate about they're not allowed to develop these inquiring minds and so their passion for teaching goes the child's passion for learning goes there's no diversity and the, you're just like oh my gosh they're become. We're just Creating all these robots and it's just oh.
2: I I really think that you know you you really said the right word made m a d e you know mm. they're made you know you have to yeah. you have to present your learning plan to get it approved or something I, I think I don't, I don't know I that's yeah, what I heard so yeah. it's like well
4: <laughs> who is who who did that person. Learn that from, you know, it's like that
2: snowballed uh, idea started from 1920,
4: Mm.
2: you know, just just like the idea of, you know, women, like strong women never really started, you know, like real never really started until what the 60s, 70s. And even then, it's been a roller coaster ride, like visual roller so I could pull up all my, like somebody posted a picture on Facebook or whatever. They brought the same pair of pants, size size 16, boom. All different makers. So this says size 16 on the label, but there's the different ways. So this is a 16. No, this is a 16. No, this is like, I, I, I took a course on um, women's injustice and how it like kind of st- like civil liberties and stuff. It was a free course. It was something I wanted to learn. And so I took it and i was like cool let me let me read read about this and it's interesting how they part of the class was like watching this movie from like the 40s or something
4: the roles of women have changed so significantly but there is that resistance to have the women contribute like i feel like mm-hmm. there is a resistance
2: for from you know, patriarchy, something like that. Mm -hmm. That they're they're resistant for women to be strong. They're resistant to, you know, that the whole saying, you know, women need to be go make me a sandwich. You know, like they're I I I follow this one Instagram page that has like all these men who just say, you know what, go make me a sandwich. You don't need to be in the gym, go make me a sandwich. Or you're too manly. Or
1: why why is this uh um, you look like a man.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, I her so page.
4: want to
1: get her. I so want to get her.
4: Love on her page. Here.
1: But it's like if you anyone know, knows this woman, or if you are actually <laughs> listening, please get in touch. I would love to
2: have you on the show. I I, I don't just, care how rough you are, or
1: how much you swear, or how passionate.
2: You get. I love her. I love her. Bring, like, it, I wish, bring it. I wish I could meet her. Mm. But I just feel like make it happen. I, there's just a lot of things on there that I didn't know about until recently. And where I started building my inner self and built my inner power and inner strength, you know, now that I'm more aware of the bullshit that like, like that happens, oh, I, I can't, I can't stand by being silent anymore. And I think one of those, you know, you're saying like, don't say that, Don, when you're in the, those meetings, <laughs> but, you know, like when I got fired from my job, you know, like, the person who fired me, I think was, you know, I'm sorry, we just didn't get along. You know, I I have a little bit more of a, a, a more direct communication because, you know, I was there for five years and it was just having to deal with all the bullshit back and forth, trying to be politically correct. I just had it. I just had it. I was tired of seeing the women being pushed back. I was tired of myself being put on the back burner because it wasn't important. And then they come back to me five months later and say, what about that project? And I'm like, Oh, nobody ever followed me up on me about it. You know, it's, and it it gets to the point where I get tired of seeing or myself being pushed back because I'm not that women being set up to fail or women being set up to fail or, um, you know, we're too emotional to handle a job like that. What if the emotional side of us keeps us safe? as in like, okay, so if we're doing a job, what if it gives us a different kind of mind perspective that says, hey, you know what? Maybe this will keep me safe and let me come home to my family. Let let me
1: just bring something there because it is the emotion that we harness that fuels the power to give birth, right? I've given birth twice. I've given birth once naturally and, you know, I was so determined to give birth to the second one that I ended up, you know, I mean, he, get, he came five and a half, nearly six weeks early, bless him. And that was a whole different story. He needed to go read my book. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think you need to go and read Friday Bridge uh, for that one. Um, but one of the things um, that, I mean, I did um, when I was doing the first module for the, like preparing for this PhD, uh, we were doing a module on ethics. Um, and um one of the ladies that took part in it, she invited me to speak at this event um and um i was on this panel there's probably i don't know about there's three of us on the panel um and um we were discussing like women's rights and things like that, which obviously you know is something that I'm very, very passionate about and i'm I am a uh, I am a suffragette in the, the truest sense, and um, I'm not a feminist because I think feminism today has gone way, way off the, the charts, and I think that there's a lot of women who are just fighting for stuff that they can just stop fighting for it and just own it. You know, lady, like I said before, own your ovaries. You know, when people say grow a pair, it's like I've already got a pair, but mine are called ovaries. Yours are just called balls. Please don't tell me to grow a pair of balls because my ovaries are a lot more powerful than your balls because, you know what, I bleed for about a week every single month and I still live, right? So, you know, let, let's just get some perspective here. Mm-hmm. I go through a lot of pain every month, you know. I go, went through a lot of pain giving birth. And that emotion that we have, that power that we have, when we push that baby out, like with or, like you want to you hear me raw. Right. And I think this is the thing that so many women, they don't remember or they don't know that power. They are like they they've not been taught to harness that. And it's not about keeping men back. But one of the things I said on this um, event uh, when I was on that panel and it was like this woman kept going, yeah, but men are holding us back in our jobs. Men are. I was like, no, they're not. And this was a really prominent speaker. Right. And, you know, she was like, brilliant. And I was just like, you know, established, you know, well respected name, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, the the men are not holding you back. If you really wanted, to have a pay rise, and you really wanted that position, you would walk away from that organisation and you would set up an organisation yourself. There is so much funding out there. There are so many grants available. There are other women who are as frustrated and in senior positions that you are in, that if you all just got together and created this organisation together, bringing your skills and harnessing it, you will probably be making three, four, five, ten times what you're making now. Have more power. You could hire. All women, but then that would be sexist. But you what we wouldn't think about it. I so said, Don't go blaming the men, men are not holding women back, women are holding women back, right? And we have this power. And the thing is, it's like when we get into this point of blaming other people for where we are in life, whether it's blaming our parents because, uh, well. Uh, my parents were poor, or my parents weren't educated, or my parents gave me this life, or my parents didn't educate me, or they couldn't afford it. So, okay, well, you, your parents couldn't afford it. You're an adult now, are you not? Like you just said, you did a free course. There's so much free content out there, but all they're doing is downloading the free course
4: on how to twerk on TikTok. You know, and it's. Ugh. It's. I think the.
2: Reaching out for looking for resources is another,
4: um, not women like that. That's that's more of a questioning thing, you know.
2: For me, like, I wanted to know, um, that's my curiosity poking its head out. But I'm for me, like, I do think that there are a lot of women who hold other women back, and that was my old, yeah, boss. there
4: are, yeah, you know, that
2: was my old boss. And era. when I ask for assistance, when I'm asking, hey, you know what? There are other women in this organization that are looking for leadership training because we want to further our career. Oh no, you know what? We don't have time for that. It's really the priority of the you know of people to educate themselves and to help themselves. It's, and and you know, it, it you can't consider it a selfish thing. You can't consider yeah. it. Um, you know, me being, you know, a bitch, call me a bitch all you want. I will own that because I'm sorry. I'm asking all these questions because I don't know if I don't know, you know, it's like you grow up Like, Well, if you don't know, you better ask, well, I'm asking and now, now I can't ask or, you know, I'm sorry if you got defensive about me saying, you know, like, I'm sorry, I don't trust you. So I'm not going to tell you what I, what I believe, because I don't trust you. Okay. And it, I, you know, it, it's, if that comes off to somebody that's hard, if if I come off as harsh that way, I'm sorry, that's not my problem. That's your problem. You know, it's that's your self-belief problem, that's your self-confidence problem, because, you know, I've kept quiet all my time. And if I've got something to say, I'm going to say it but if you take it like oh my gosh you're being a bully or whatever i mean that bullying is like a totally separate conversation but when it comes to like you accusing me of being being like too harsh
4: and saying that people are afraid to talk to me then they're not meant to talk to me until they figure out how to talk to me
2: i'm sorry I, I, i i shouldn't even say i'm sorry i don't apologize for that because. I will, you know, like they, you attract who the energy that you Can put you out. just
1: rewind because I just completely lost in there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no, I bet that was
2: all bloody good <laughs> as
3: well. I'm
2: like, what's she saying? <laughs> um, No, I was saying, like, don't um, see me as a bully. That was where I was. Oh, lost oh. It. I mean, people maybe can say, like, how I talk it sounds can sound bullying, but really, like bullying for me, bully, bullies don't support other people. Bullies yeah. just want to tear everybody down.
1: I wow. just it depends on the, the yeah. I, there, there's there such
2: there's such <laughs> there. That's like a total like I said. There's like a, that's a totally separate conversation because for me, um, me just asking for more information. Me asking um, for assistance to apply, you know, apply my knowledge to continue to build myself,
1: you know, it, it's,
2: it's not my problem that you think I'm harsh.
1: And I And I also think that what you're saying there is, you know, the fact that they won't give you the information, the fact that they won't give you these training courses, because the thing is one of the things that a lot of um, employees don't understand um, or they don't know, um, is the the amount of tax rebates that companies get uh, for training their staff, regardless of which country you're in, right? They also don't know how much funding is available to these companies to train their staff, or their team, as I like to call them. But And also, it's like... We're not taught by careers officers. And this is one of the things I did a lot of in schools when I started in my business. And I went into schools, and I did these talks, yeah. and I was, you know, uh, guest lecturing in universities and things. And I was just like, when you go into an organization, or and again, when I was coaching a lot of women, is that when you are in an organization or you were going for an, uh, a role, what you need to do is actually look at how much your role is impacting that company so for example they're paying you x amount a year because they're looking for a certain return on investment because mm-hmm. you are giving them the headspace or you're giving them the opportunity to take your skills and bring in more money for the business if your role you're right there darling you're, you're, you're dying. <laughs> she's coughing i got some but if, you're, if, your business, if your role in the organization is bringing in a certain level of revenue, you need to understand that revenue before you even walk into the HR office or you walk up to your boss and say you want a pay rise. You need to understand the level of income you're bringing into the business, but you also need to understand the level of support that you're offering the team right and i remember uh, one of the the people that we um used to hire in my first business um she came up to me she goes uh, i really want to pay rise i was like well what do you want to pay rise for and i don't want to know what you want it for as in oh you want to you With know do that, yeah. an extension or i said but what what it, what is it you want it for um uh, you know and she goes, well, because I, I know that you value me and I know that, you know, I do a really good job. So that was the first tick, right, that she'd actually owned, that I'd valued her and that she did a good job because obviously I told her that I value her and she does a good job. I'd actually been waiting for this woman to ask me for a pay rise, right? But I was like, unless you ask for it, I'm not going to give it to you until the pay rise roll comes,
2: comes around. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then I was, And then she goes, well, I've been looking at how much work I do and how much that's freed up your time to go and get more sales um, and how much it, you know, you've been able to go out and do these speeches and you've been able to go and do these events and, and all of this. And she goes, and I've noticed that our sales have increased. Um, and, uh, and this is one of the things I'd said to them at the very first interview. Uh, what are the things do you think that we look for when we're employing you? Right. And I would get, no, I would like, Get them to really, I and mean, if they didn't get anywhere close to uh, getting near the answer, like they wouldn't even be employed. But she got quite close, and you know, and I would be dropping hints, you know, and like when we used to do the training every Monday morning, it'd be like, hey, okay, you know, once we've all got our targets hit, then the business hits its targets, and then obviously, if there's something that you want to achieve, then we can actually work towards helping you. Because I would make sure all of the people that worked for me, their personal goals. Uh, we're aligned with the business goals so if you want to achieve this then the business needs to achieve this so that we can help you achieve that because we're all one here right Mm -hmm. um and so she she'd been picking up on this and she'd been learning and she'd been listening to me and like she'd come along to quite a few of the events that I'd been speaking at um and then this was the thing she goes and I heard you at that careers talk at the Sheffield University um where you were telling them that if they wanted to pay rise they had to work out all of this um and that, that when they went to a job that they had to ask for a certain things for their value she goes and she goes and so i went away and i did it and i was
4: like yes <laughs> i was like she listened <laughs> and,
1: thank god she listened i knew mm-hmm. she would um and she goes so i've worked this out and she came to me and she had worked it out and i was like yeah no worries pay rise is yours, right? And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. She goes, oh, thank you so much. When you've understood the culture of this company. So bringing it back round to the cultures that we're, we're educated in, the culture of women holding each other back. Because this is the thing, when your boss was holding you back, it was because she knew that you would become so much more than she would allow herself to become so she had to hold you back and that is the only reason why women hold each other back because they're so afraid that another woman will become so much more and this is why women you know they don't make themselves beautiful they don't celebrate their beauty they don't celebrate their intelligence I mean I was told the other day that I'm going to be the most beautiful sexiest doctor there is because apparently, you know, i do not sorry very much. <laughs> like, How does so much
4: intelligence
1: reside in such a beautiful face? And I was like, oh, because it does. Right. And I was just like, but what a fucking horrible, patronizing question you've just asked me. Ah. Right? That's what I was just saying, I'm just like, but what the fuck? I like, And then we're just like, and he's like, what? I was like, so you're telling me that because I'm beautiful, I can't be intelligent? No, 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 no. I wasn't. I was like, no, you were. That is exactly what you were saying, exactly what you were saying, and exactly what you're
4: teaching your son. And he was just like, oh, my God. He had never considered. What, I mean, he thinks he's paying me a compliment. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what he's actually
1: doing is insulting women and actually – he's completely blind spotted by it.
2: And that's, that's the blind thought about women. Ooh. That we're only valued for what we look like. We're only valued for how many babies we can give. You know, it's like, I don't really, that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah, two,
1: one in each hand.
2: Four yeah, years
1: apart.
2: Like, I don't understand, um, like, I'm a bigger girl. I'm 230 pounds and I own that shit all the time,
1: you know. Okay, and you are a little girl, and I am a little girl. <laughs> I'm a, I'm only five foot five foot one on a good day. I'm gonna do what you do. I'm gonna do to you what my son does to me and just put my elbow on your shoulder right there, Lani. <laughs>
2: Yep, yep. And it's like, um, you know, when I was younger. I tried to make myself small. Like I wanted to be small because that was, that was the only value that I felt that I had in myself is what can you see outside? Um, You know, that guy's going to, my then boyfriend's only going to love me because I can, I'm small. But then when he found out I could lift more than him, it was a totally different story, Mm -hmm. you know, roundabout way. Oh, maybe. I'm just going to interrupt. Just
1: by the way, listeners, this woman, could like squat me she could bench press me like <laughs> no problem at all now i i float around around about 85 kilos i'm about five six you know um i've we've lost you getting frozen i don't know if you can hear this um but yeah I and mean, it's just amazing what how much you can bench press i'm just really like what the heck is going on? i don't know if it's lani
2: <laughs>
4: or whether it's my internet Oh, we've got it. We've got a dog. I'm going to put, Shall I pause it. Yeah. Hold on. use the internet all mine? Are you back? She's back. She's
1: back. I'm here. <laughs> See, this is a thing, right? Someone said to me, um, like, Dawn, you don't use filters. Are you going to be editing the shows? I was like, no. Because for me it like I could, you know, try and uh get rid of the background noise, but you know, I quite like the fact that there are birds in the background tweeting on some of my interviews. It makes it quite look like, quite nice. You know, and I want it to be real. And it doesn't mean I mean that doesn't mean to say that, you know, I mean, this is my very first podcast. I'm not a sound engineer by anybody's and like me starting to edit stuff at this point in time, um, you know. I would probably make more of a mess. I would make more mess trying to edit it than I would actually just leaving (laughs) the stuff in there. So there were, and because I am sailing around the world and I will be on um, islands and I will be in marinas and really remote places. Like, I mean, I'm in a very small fishing village at the moment. Mm
4: -hmm. Uh,
1: And, um, you know, I need to have the ocean by me. Like if I don't see the ocean, then I'm just going to, I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, anyway, um so there are going to be glitches in there so bringing it back um I'm not quite sure where we got up to or where we we're at on that but we were talking about how women hold each other back yeah. and how like my my team member had actually done the work and she'd yeah. listened and she'd yeah. asked for that pay rise but the thing is that like, you stepped away from the company um and it was about a year ago now yeah it's just over a year ago yep. uh, mm-hmm. and if you could just let us know what it is that you've achieved in that one year of not having someone else give you permission to be yourself oh. when it comes to your career. What have you achieved, Lani? All right. So. Um, brace yourselves, folks, because she's not just called the power lady for nothing.
2: So, okay. So to start this journey. Um, so March 3rd, 2020, I was let go for my job. I had a job lined up in April Um, and I was like, cool, you know, let me hop on there and I'm ready to go. Um, they called me two days before I started and said, Hey, um, you know, we don't, it started with the COVID pandemic and they're like, we don't have that job, that contract that you're going to work. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, you know what, let me just take a few more months of vacation, you know, um, June 24th, I was supposed to start another job and they called me the Friday before I started I remember I that?
1: Like, I was like, Lani, you're not going to take that.
2: Job. And I was you're like, They were job. like, Sorry, you don't. You know, we don't have that contract for you. And I really took that as the sign, as the pivotal moment of the of starting a company that I've always wanted to have. Okay, so I started a company now. It's called Strong and Mighty, um, which technically I have had Strong and Mighty in my head for the two years before I got let go. So. Well, okay. Well, Arnie, what the hell are you going to do? What the hell are you going to do? So, you know, I had to do like a lot of like, okay, what do I do here? You know, how am I going to, what, what part of this company is what I want to do? Um, so I started joining groups, joining groups. And I met one coach who I thought was going to be like, like a, a great business coach that was going to mesh with me and help me and don't get me wrong, it was great for that time. I needed it for that time. Um, but I didn't go anywhere with that. Like, mm. I felt more stuck mm. than anything. I was just like, well, you were supposed to help me. And, yeah, I did one thing with you. But now I'm like, well, now what? Mm. So I got, and that's where I got to another group. no how this go? How did I meet? We met. We
1: met, we met at the sound group. program. Okay. So that was in April, wasn't it?
2: April, oh, May. Oh Gosh, I, maybe it's May, maybe something like mm. that. So, you know, like I honestly, like if, if, if I could rewind or see some of the video from when Don and I first met to see what I am now, Oh my God, I'm totally a different person. You know, like I, yeah, you I've started my company. I've, this, I did a summit last year, my first ever summit with amazing Crystal Richardson. I, yes, um, beautiful lady. Have a, you know, I got a book out this year. Uh, and, and what I, happened with that book, Bonnie? Uh, oh, it became an international bestseller. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but and, how, where did it get to? In what categories? Oh, it's oh, uh, women in sport, and what was the other one? I can't remember what the other one was but I know the women in sport one was the main one that I was very blessed to be part of that group because I really believe women in sport don't have much media and that's the reason why I wrote this book thank you Martina Navratilova for um saying that in um the uh the the KPMG Ireland, um, she, if she can't see it, she can't be it
4: campaign. Um, what was the book about?
2: My book? Oh, <laughs> my book um, is called Standing in Strength, and it's 20 years in the making of me actually getting the courage to stand in be part your of a book and stand in my strength, and it took that long because it took that much energy to break out of my shell it took that much energy to realize that I'm fucking valuable I have tons of you know I'm I am worthy of all this success I am and it it took 20 years to really realize that and I built you know like my my hash my new hashtag besides the power lady is like I built her I built the woman that I felt nice. was missing in the world. That I. Was oh my in.
3: God!
1: There's so much merch on that. <laughs> tomorrow, we, as soon as you get off this, go and wake up tomorrow morning. Then you are going to have that. You are going to get that copyright, and that is going to be yours. Like, ser- no, no fucking word of a Lailani If you do not do that, I am going to. When I get to Chicago, I am going to kick your ass. Like seriously, I <laughs> built her. That is. So powerful. I built her. Um, And really that. This is how I speak to some of my clients, by the (laughs) way. No, that's okay. If you're ever interested in what it's like to be coached by me, that's kind of a bit how it (laughs) rolls.
2: But this book, you know, with this, with this, you know, me and the six other authors, including you, it really was almost a power, power, level movement for me because not right. only did I know that there were six other women who felt the same way who used sport who used movement who used athleticism to get over a lot of obstacles mm. and but the obstacles were people judging the uh, obstacles were self you know self body harm it was it was depression it was like that body confidence thing mm-hmm. and once we learned that we are awesome. We embrace ourselves. We know that we are so much capable of doing things instead of questioning our abilities. We are, we are showing up in our capabilities. It like goes together. That's why the tagline strong mind able body came from because when the strong mind and the able body come together and connect. There are so many different things that we can Mm -hmm. do and that transfers, you know, that, that lesson came from me being as power lifter. It's transferred Mm -hmm. from platform to life. All these lessons I learned as a power lifter transferred to my business. It's transferred to my relationships with people. It's transferred to how I see myself Mm -hmm. and the transition, especially in my business. Um, I we, you and I have talked like maybe a month, like maybe a month and months ago, how that CEO mindset is really something that needs to be developed. Mm. And unfortunately I didn't have that, but when I'm training and knowing that there are times I'm going to fail, I got to start over. There's times where I'm going to succeed and it's going to be great. How do I adjust myself? How do I adapt? How do I tweak things that go up and down? Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Oh wait. That's like business, right? Some days are going to be good. Some days aren't going to be bad. Some days you got to fire somebody. Some days you got to be parenting, you know, I mean, it all comes together. These lessons in powerlifting. I mean, I just take it as from powerlifting because it took me to be able to lift 402 pounds and fail. Because it didn't count, you know. It's I don't
1: like, even know how much that is. is <laughs> I doing kilos? But I'm like I'm doing two pounds. That's two. heavy.
2: That's a yeah. lot. So you know, like, yeah. I wish I. I, I, I don't even like. I think that's like one. Like, what is that in kilos? 70, 180 something. Anyway, that, that that's what I'm saying with these lessons. <laughs> you're still in shock. You're like um There's but me yeah. Going, yeah I can I can I can squat 60 kilos yeah I'm good
1: I'm doing that I can do you know three reps of 15 60 kilos mm. Rah. and then still walk afterwards I'm good you know I can bench press you know all of this yeah I'm good <laughs> and then you, you come along with the 117 200 but again it's that comparison isn't it mm-hmm. yeah because some of us like you're using like where you like How am I comparing what I'm doing in my powerlifting and how that uh, resonates out into, like, uh, you know, some days I'm going to have a really good day on powerlifting and some days I'm going to have a really great day in my business. Some Mm -hmm. days I'm going to really feel like I want to do the cooking, cook from fresh, but tonight, you know, we're having pizza. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the thing, um, that we sometimes go through this process of actually being so hard on ourselves. You know, uh, the weights don't lie, right? And like your performance never lies. And tomorrow might might be a lot better than today, but yesterday might be a lot better than tomorrow,
4: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm.
1: and it will fluctuate. And I think yeah. this is the thing that we we can be so hard on ourselves as women, but as humans, and then we end up taking that out on others. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also looking at you know the whole thing of where you've built this and watching your journey and having the honor of being able to uh, be with you throughout this journey and like you said you've you've changed a lot you're no longer the woman that you were before and and it's that CEO mindset now obviously I know that the Americans have a very different view of what CEO is to the rest of the world mm-hmm. um, because for example like I know that you and I have had this conversation whereas. You, you were using it, okay, I am a CEO, so it's about you obtaining that CEO mindset because, you know, it is a chief executive officer. But for me, it's like, well, this CEO is a member of a board of a very large corporation and a very large organization. So I've never understood why people have said that they are the CEO of a one-man band. Yeah. I've I never I, understood that.
2: That's that. I, w- I don't... I. Th- Think, again it's a label yeah when people hear that it's CEO, just another label CEO.
4: that we get oh you're a no oh
2: yeah. okay you must be this yeah and oh you're
1: an author
4: wow. yeah
1: and you're an international best selling one how much <laughs> money have you made from that book <laughs> How much money do you make from that book all the time? Yeah, your royalties are coming at the end of this month. It's been two months since it's been our release. Woo! I know. I was
2: just like, oh, I didn't even, I, you know, it's funny because I don't even think, and here's the thing. I didn't write the book to make royalties as much as I love, no, don't get me wrong. I accept, I love Does that money. I mean, I keep them. <laughs> I love money. I love money and I'm open to accept it. That's one yes, of my mantras are. here on the board. Yes, you are. But. Um, I wrote the book mainly to change lives, Mm -hmm. to change the mindset, to change the idea of women want to be big. I want to be big in a world that continues to try to make me small. I, I, I refuse to let that happen to myself. I refuse Mm -hmm. to let that happen to the next person. You know, I, I was on a podcast and, you know, I was wearing a tank top like this and I was I was saying how I, I built these shoulders. I built these shoulders to carry the women who feel like they can't to carry them to the finish line and drop them off so they can figure it out. I can't continue to help you forever, but I can, I can hold your hand. Mm -hmm. I can help. I can hold you up when you fall, you know, but it becomes your responsibility to Mm -hmm. yourself to become the strongest version of you. I can put the seeds of positivity in you. I can be the water to help you grow. But when it comes to the responsibility of maintenance, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. Training, I mean, again, the correlation between powerlifting and business is trust. You really have to trust in your training so you can lift 402 pounds or you're going to fucking hurt yourself. You're going to have have to to trust trust yourself. You're gonna have to trust yourself to make these CEO decisions Mm -hmm. in your business. You know, sorry, that's Chris announcing something. Um and and it's like you can't (laughs) see I know. You can't end up like having that trust. If you're calling yourself a CEO and you're not trusting yourself, you're not a fucking CEO
1: and also if you uh, this is something and I, I now that we know that your food is here we will wrap this up because you will be coming up for more and more episodes um you one of the things that i love and i really want to just finish wrap this up with you know your women's strength initiative um and, and i just want people to know this is not about because lani is very much on the same lines as me we're not about man bashing we are on about like you just I said, women te- i love <laughs> men uh <laughs> Uh, Yeah, uh, but the thing is, she, she goes, Rawr. but the, the thing is, it's not about the man. I'm a mother of boys, well, not boys, young men. Yeah. Um, and um, oh, I have to share this something that my eldest said to me. Uh, I, I was just like blown away because we were talking about what his plans are now that he's this left school.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and he made a really beautiful distinction between him and his girlfriend. And he was saying that, um, you know, they're, they're now both 18. And he said that, you know, I said, what's, what are your plans? I know my, 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 I mean, I don't even know
2: them, but I know them as young boys. You know what I'm saying? He's a man.
1: Like, you know, and when I share this with you, this is going to show you just how much this young man it just impresses me and sometimes like oh my god like that's my son Mm -hmm. so proud of him i mean i'm not the mom that's gonna cheerlead them for just being mediocre or tell them they're really great i am so bluntly on and there's no way you're beating me at connect four i'm telling you and i'm gonna wipe your ass at cards like no way and you know when we get and this is the (laughs) other thing when we were training together in the dojo i always used to say to my boys when i we step on those mats I am not your mother. I am, just another, I am just another martial artist that you were training with. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I got my eldest son to punch me, I said, like, you need to be able to punch me. He goes, no. I said, like, Khalid, you are going to punch me. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you are. He goes, you're my mom. I'm like, when I step on these mats, I am not your mom. If you cannot punch me, then how are you going to defend yourself against others, those that tower over you? I said, you have to step away from emotion to be able to deal with a lot of situations in life. I said, and right now, I am just another person on this mat. I gave birth to you, but you are not mine. You are you. You are your own person. Okay? Mm -hmm. Your responsibility right now is to get your belt. Mm -hmm. You want that black belt? You've got to take responsibility. You are training with me, right? And he was just like, you could see it was just like in his head. I, and you know what? When he, when he swung that punch, oh, my God, Lonnie, it was a perfect punch. He landed it beautifully. I was so proud of him. <laughs> wasn't quite so proud of the, the, the shiner that I had the next day, though. But he, he t- when we were, and this is the thing, this is how I built them. And, you know, and I've said to them, never allow a woman to dominate you. Never allow a woman to emasculate you. Never allow a woman to criticize you. Never criticize yourself. And so he, he, he's bought, been brought up with a mother who is a suffragette but not a modern-day feminist,
4: mm-hmm.
1: right? And um, one of the things that we were discussing recently was how, I'm like, okay, so, you know, what are you going to do now? I said, you know, I'm quite cool with you just taking some time out after all your years of study. You've been in education since you were four years old. That's a long time to be in education. So take a break, take a breath. And then he goes, I want to go out there and I want to make some money so that I can. uh, I just want to make some money. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, what about your girlfriend? He goes, and she's in. And I said, um, and then he said something to me which I thought was incredibly beautiful. He turned around and I said, so the money is just for you then? He goes, yeah. I was like, okay, so you're not gonna, you know, so that's not for anybody else. He goes, well, what kind of man would I be if I didn't Uh, make the money uh, for those I love because ones I love, like you and my girlfriend and, you know, my family, like if I'm not providing for them, then I'm not happy. And I'm not, uh, and I'm like, oh, my God, like he's 18 years old. And he's like, if I'm not providing for my family um, and being responsible for the people that are in my life,
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: then what kind of man am I? You know, and and I'm so proud of him for acknowledging that. So the money, yes, is for him, but it's for him and his goals. Whether that is for him to have a family, or whether that is for him to have a business, or whether that. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing, I've instilled that in him. But if I'd had daughters, I would have instilled that in them as well. I don't need a man to be with me. I've got my own business. I sail around the world by myself. I, you know, I can protect myself. You know, I mean, I've, I've got this far, and I'm you know i've got this far through life i've got this far around the world I'm, I'm all good do i want a man absolutely but he's got to be the right kind of man
4: mm-hmm.
1: right it's not i don't want and when my 18 year old son is coming out with tr- with bomb mic drops like that of him saying you know i i'm here to provide uh but he doesn't he goes but you know and obviously the conversation went on but it's about he goes. But I don't want a woman who's just relying on me. She's got to be responsible for herself. She's got to be mm-hmm. a woman that can take care of herself and is not looking to him for happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, where you're saying I built her, I am strong and mighty. I have got a strong mind and an able body. When we put our mind to something, and we know that we're probably not going to get it right the first time,
2: or the second, or the or third. The second, but Maybe. it gets perfected every time. Absolutely. It, it takes, Absolutely. It's just like training, you know. It takes, it takes continuous effort every time, and it's a little bit, you know, like we as powerlifters, we cheer on when we we gain two point five kilos, and we're like, yeah, you know, we, yeah, it's it's though, it's like a little increment, yeah. and it's never going to happen a hundred percent every time. You know, like, but it's it, but mentally, I'm prepared for that. Like, I'm prepared for failure because I know it's inevitable. Will I do my damnedest not to let it happen? Sure, but there are a lot of things that we can't control. you know, maybe maybe I had to take a shit really really bad that day, and I couldn't hold my brace any longer, and I was, you know, what I'm saying, which has happened. But it's like that's that's how business goes.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: not every day is going to go, you know, really great and mm-hmm. um you, you just have to trust that, you know, it's n- and if it does take a shit that day, then it takes a shit that day.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: But you can't blame everybody else either. No. You know, you got to look back at yourself. You got to look back at yourself. Like what energy are you putting out into the world is going to come back to you. And um I learned that from you by the way. <laughs> um it's like all these things that come together, we have to understand that we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for, for, for me, I built her. I built this person that I wanted to see in my life. And with my relationship with my husband, I built him, you know, it it's just funny because the first thing that I a lot you know, we when we were younger, you write the list of oh I want this is the man that I want to marry, you know. And I remember writing one time, he has to be tall and he has to be able to handle me. And that means like my adventurous spirit of like trying all these things or whatever. And it may have taken me until I was forty to find him, but I found him. You know? If and you I love him mind. to death. Yeah, and I love him to death. I love, I love Chris, um, yeah. and so like waiting for, for pizza. Yeah. Oh, he's making it, so I'm waiting for. him. Anyway, so oh, it's no, 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 no. It's take the pla- take the frozen pizza, throw it on the thingy.
1: Anyway. Oh, okay. So okay. I wouldn't be eating it anyway. Yeah, you wouldn't I be can. eating it. Anyway. <laughs>
2: but it, it's really like that idea of you know of knowing that you are really responsible for yourself. You know, there's that saying like, no one's here going to save you. Mm. You know, you have to be your own savior, but you also have to have your own faith in yourself and Mm. that you are worthy and you have Mm. the self-belief and you have that you're, you're deserving and that you're, you're accepting, you know, like we, we throw our roadblocks on ourselves, you know, Oh no. It's like, Quit making the fucking excuses and just get up there.
1: Absolutely, and I think this—you know—when you sent me the brief, you're standing in strength uh, on your Women's Strength Initiative, and um, I was reading through it, and it was just like, I because I know you, and I know what it is that you want to achieve, and I was just like, yeah, no, you've got to go deeper. You've got and hearing how it's evolving and how, like, and everything that you're saying now and how, you know, this, you know, like putting all of this into it and, you know, the the sports and the women taking responsibility for themselves and as giving these young girls something that they can build, you know, their vision, the Women's Mm -hmm. Strength Initiative about how these young girls that you you know you're going to be working with in the collegiate field and you know around and getting them into the sports and using the book as a catalyst as well and building them side by side and saying to these young girls what you who you want to see is yourself mm-hmm. you know plus and you more. can do that plus, plus a whole more. lot more yes because the thing is it's like we are in this we're only in human form in this lifetime and you know so we only have a certain capacity Mm -hmm. you know and I remember um uh on one of our trainings that we were doing you know and I said you know get precise about what you want but leave a little room to go shopping with the universe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because the universe has got so much more bigger plans than you know that we could Mm -hmm. ever dream of I mean I look at some of the stuff I'm doing now and I'm like you know, yeah. I When I was little, and I was hiding in the book in the library from all the bullies at school, and I was like, one day I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. We, we've got careers lesson. I was like, mm, I'm gonna get paid one day to read and write books.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And here I am, right? Yeah. I didn't know what that was gonna look like, and then I was like, okay, I really. You know, I became an accidental author because I made a flippant comment at a business uh, black tie dinner one, uh, one evening. I went, you know what? I'm fed up answering all these questions. I'm just going to write a book. And then I was like, oh, shit, I better write it now. <laughs> so I got on and wrote it, right? And, you know, and then it goes. And then, you know, you look it back at your life and you look at everything that you've achieved and everything that you have become. And um, this is something that I asked Adam on the show with him. And cause it's something that's fascinated me because, we're looking at rebranding my company at the moment and taking it through that uh, to the next level. Um, And, uh, you know, and one of the things that I've always been asked by the graphic designers, apart from Jerry, because Jerry knows who I am and Jerry just tells me to be quiet sometimes and just lets him get on with it. And, or if I suggest something, don't just leave it alone and let me deal with it. Okay, Jerry. (laughs) I love Jerry. (laughs) He's my sounding, he's my peace of mind a lot of the time and he keeps me out of trouble. Some of the things I've sent to him to put on the back of my books, he goes, you're not putting that on there. Yeah. Like, why not? He goes, we're not going there again, Dawn. Just don't put that on the back of the book. Reword it. And then I was like, okay, Jerry." <laughs> you know, but when we become these strong women and we take the initiative for ourselves and we actually create this woman that we want to be, the woman that, you know, and we've got to this point and then we go, what's next? Mm -hmm. you know it's not a bad thing to say what's next you know it's not a bad thing to go where can I go now what can I do now and you know and then you just go oh my gosh and you know the visions that I've created with clients um and for myself over the years and you know with the boys and you know I know that there are certain things that I'm nowhere near achieving yet but I know they're done absolutely know they're done you know and when you're bringing all of this together and you're saying to these young girls that are coming into your women's sports initiative and you're talking to these partners that you're going to be working with and creating all of these trainings and everything you know you are giving so much hope to so many women not just asian american women not just filipino women or young girls in sports um but, you know, the, the, the women that aren't the stick-thin bikini three eggs a day models on InstaFake, you know, and, and for me, I mean, I keep mentioning the three eggs a day because when I was in the south of Brazil, I saw these, these Brazilian Instagram influencers. Like, seriously? I'm just like, that's all you're eating? Oh, my God. You know, there's me. I've got a bowl full of, like, <laughs> avocado, nuts, onions, mushrooms, tomatoes, you know, goji berries and seeds and, you know, like a bit of rocket and maybe a bit mm-hmm. of spinach. And everyone's like, they used to love coming in the kitchen when I lived in that. Uh, and it was, like, a really nice hostel. But, you know, and they were like, oh, my God, Dawn's in the kitchen. Right? And they loved it. And I know that when I get to Chicago, we're going to be doing a lot of filming for a lot of cooking but it's the again it all comes back to the food we put into our bodies whether that is you know physical eating food or the food that we put into our minds or the food that we put into our heart or the people that we put into our space and having the right people around us Yes, you know and choosing those influences and choosing to be the influence we want to choose for the women that we want to serve Because you are all about
4: community. Mm -hmm. Yep. I believe. So uh, Crystal,
2: I I just came back from an event with Crystal Richardson. And she wrote, she gave everybody a message, a, a specific message for that person. And my message was, God bless your strength and the strength you will infuse in others. And I didn't realize I know she saw so, I, I love her wording when it comes to that, but like I, I didn't realize how much that statement meant until I got home because I did you know, it was a competition um event, and I wanted to fucking win. I'm sorry, I wanted to come home with a trophy. And when I didn't win, i was i, I yeah, I was bummed, but for me to share my strength with the people who felt like they couldn't get up to the stage and speak. For the for the people who were like unsure of what their words were when it come to their were speaking, I said, Okay, let me listen. What are you trying to say? You know, and they would like tell me what they're saying, and I'd just be like, you know what, that doesn't sound right. How about if you said it like this? And you know? And um and then to see them actually take my advice and go on stage and say it, that was more rewarding for me. And when it came down to it, there was my strength that I shared for somebody because they felt like they didn't have it. And I shared it with them and they took it. And now, I I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but it's more like... That's not your responsibility. That's not my responsibility. Yeah. Because I've given it to them. I've shared it with them. I've shared my strength with them. Now, you know, take it. Share it with the next person. Share it with the next person, you know. And I just feel like, yeah, I may not have gotten a physical trophy to take home, but really I won. I really did. And I really was thankful for meeting the people that I met and the ladies that I met. And that's really, you know, like when I think of my legacy that I'm going to leave when I'm dead, I want people to be like, you know what, Larry? she did not let me fall. She, she held out her hand when I was falling, and she was so strong that she not only held me up, she held up this person and this person. And that's the legacy that I want to leave. Because I don't want anyone to be left behind. Like I don't want people to I don't especially women, I don't want to see women continuously. I mean, culture will always be, I mean, it'll be like maybe 5060 years past that I've passed maybe the culture will change on the visual of what women are and or the the meaning of what a woman is the understanding of what a woman can do it, it's it, it's just it, it there's tide changing but is it big maybe um but it needs more you know the mm. narrative about women needs more work the perception of women needs more work. The women's confidence movement, empowerment movement needs more work. And I am just another person adding to the movement because I'm, you know, we are more than shaking our asses. We are more than, um, you know, someone to tell me, you're telling you're like me I Adam need Witch. to be this, you know, I'm like what? And I just, you know, I've lived that life. I've lived the small life. I've lived the idea of people-pleasing. I've lived the idea of making myself quiet so I don't ruffle any feathers. You know, it goes back to me being a small little five-year-old girl moving to America and not knowing who I am. Mm -hmm. There had to be a separation between my culture and myself. I respect my culture, but I also value who I am. And I found the balance for that. And now I want to have that same idea to women to understand that they can value, they can, they can respect how they grew up. They have to own it. They have to face it, but to build yourself, you have to own it and say, Hey, thank you. Past life. I learned a lot from you. I will see you later. Gotta go. You know, you may come back into my life. I may see you, you know, turning the corner if I'm, you know, but I want my past life to be something that I just like, hey, good to see you, how you doing? Da, da, da. But I gotta go. I I gotta I gotta go back to what I'm doing. You know, because I I got Thanks you know, for the journey. Yeah. Thanks for the journey. Thanks for the for the coffee. You know, we'll meet again in maybe like six, seven, eight months for coffee. You know, you could tell me another story about my past life. You know, it's, Mm. it's, it's really that, like you continue to like to pass yourself and understand yourself and next level, keep moving forward. You just keep moving forward.
1: Oh, Lonnie. I'm just, I'm just sitting here watching you just like, Oh my gosh, look at her. You just (laughs) like your, your passion for this is so strong. You're the, the, You know, and this is the thing. You've done all of this in a year. Like you said, you you were laid off. You've done a business development course. That's where we met. Um, I mean, I I was on that course. I was like, why am I here? This is business 101. (laughs) Why am I here? Like, why the hell am I doing this? Mm. You know, Uh, I can kind of do this in my sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I do do Mm. this in my sleep, you know, because I read people's manuscripts and people's visions, and then my brain goes off to a, goes yeah, off to yeah, work yeah. and has a massive adventure while I'm sleeping. And then I wake up and go, oh, that would be amazing. Right. Yeah,
4: Did you yeah. know you are going to do this?
1: Um, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, you, and then it was like, and then I reached it. When I found out you were a powerlifter, I was like, oh, my God, Uncle Jeff. Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lonnie. Like, well, I remember we were private chatting, you know, on the Zoom call, like. And then we got on the call afterwards, and then like we started, you know, working together and everything. And then, you know, and I remember the Canva chaos moments, you know, like, what the hell is Canva? I have no idea. And, you know, and I look at the journey, and, like some of the graphics you're putting out now and some of the original graphics that we have going yeah. on at the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, you just began and you just ran with it. And I remember that time when you when you said you were going, and I was like, don't you dare take that job. Mm. You're either all in. You're either gonna own who you are, or you're not. You're either pregnant, or you're not. Yeah, you can't be half-assed, mm-hmm. and neither of us have got half arsed I mean, yeah. let's be honest, we we got asses, <laughs> right? <laughs> and phew. anyway, moving on from that bit. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> it is like your growth. You know, the the summit you did with uh, with Crystal, and we we mentioned Crystal, and uh, you know that. It's an amazing lady, um, and um, you know she's got a book coming out with me shortly. Uh, and you know, but the you know the the way in which you led the team of other women, like like seriously, guys, this is a woman who wanted to step into her leadership, oh. and uh, she led some very very powerful women from around the world through this journey to bring together. The book Standing in Strength, and you've gone really blurry again. Oh. Or, I need to see the ductician, which I don't really want to do in, in Brazil because I don't speak Portuguese. Um, and uh, <laughs> but <laughs> can you imagine? I'd end up with my goo glasses. <laughs> um, but um, you know, the way you led the team, and the way you showed up, and the way you, you know, you're promoting the book, and the way you're still doing it now, and you know, it's been such a beautiful journey to watch. And and I and I just know that when you know women and the partners come on board with this women's strength initiative that you're doing there is no way that this will not be successful no way at all because it's too powerful a message you're too powerful a woman and you really really do deserve the name the power lady and i am so honored to call you a friend i'm so delighted that you joined me on tonight's show or today's show wherever you are in the world And I know that this is not our last conversation. I've already got ideas for all the other conversations. Of course not. Lani's going to be a regular (laughs) on the show. Because remember, guys, this is an invitation-only podcast. People cannot apply to come on. Uh, But if you do connect with me on social media, then, you know, or go to my website, dawnbates.com, all the things that I do will be on there. And if you want to get in touch with Lani, you want to get a copy of the book, the book is on my website. It's also on Lani's website, which is laniemulvey.com. And that is L-A-A-R-I-N-I-M-U-L-V-E-Y.com. We will go into names on our next show because I know that this is something that we both have a passion about, but it's laniemulvey.com. If you cannot find that, then go to my website, dawnbates.com, right. and then That's click right. on Lani's profile on the books. Yeah. Um, an absolute honor to share space with you, my darling. And I'm just, I'm so excited about what the future is going to bring for you and for all the women around the world and uh, for future collaborations that you and I are going to be working yes. on. I'm so excited to know for about sure. how that
2: pizza is. I know. There's going to be so much.
1: Yeah. So much <laughs> pizza. So yeah, that too. Out. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> love a bit of pizza but again it's got to be healthy gluten free vegan yes. pizza yes. and organic freshly made and all of that so sorry Chris <laughs> thanks for <laughs> no uh, but please you know if you want to connect with Lani it's Lanimorvay.com or via dawnbaits.com, and we will yes. see you for another episode of The Truth Serum yes. I hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and see you soon Bye-bye.
0: we really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the truth serum podcast. You can follow Dawn directly through her Instagram account, instagram.com forward slash real Dawn Bates. This is an invitation only podcast. That said, if you would like to speak with us or come on the show, please send an email through hello at dawnbates.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Remember to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Sharing is caring, so share away. Until next time, folks. Grab a good book, see a sunset, and expand your knowledge and experience.